You're listening to the smartest guys in marketing, the best show on the planet for client businesses to learn about traffic, funnels, sales, conversions, and marketing coolness. Chris and Taylor are the founders of Traffic and Funnels, a digital marketing consultancy helping you get paid clients from cold traffic daily. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Taylor. What's up, everybody? Man, good day. I've got so much money, dude. I can buy Fiji water. You like that? I don't get it, man. Because this is like the water of the wealthy. It's a little weird. Just because it's your birthday doesn't mean you can be disrespectful to other people. I am uh, getting old, man. Like My knees were like creaking around when I got out of bed this morning. Gay for his birthday. I had to get uh, I had to get some like shoe inserts because my bones are aren't working. I'm just bone spurs. My bones are stronger than ever, man. Like my knees are strong AF. I could literally load up with the weight of a, a world. Y'all, this yeah. is gonna be a great training. It's gonna be a lot of fun. We just kind of roll. You guys can ask us pretty much anything, and I mean anything. Nothing is off limits. All right. And Chris has a lot of experience under his belt, if you know what I mean. I don't know why you're getting so close to the microphone to say that. <laughs> Anything you want to say before we get started? Yeah, I'll say something. Just glad that everybody's here. Glad to hang. These are like, uh, these are pretty informal sessions. And we really enjoy yeah. them because we get to hang out with you guys. Let's talk about what's on our mind. Ashton, lead us away, man. Boom. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to have the, the first question is, who are your idols? Uh, who do you learn from uh, specifically in the space of wealth management and production? Oh, that's a pretty good one. You go first. It's all you, Chris. Well, my idol's Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Very wealthy. Very wealthy indeed. So for business, I feel like we have a lot of people who influence us, but I'll give one guy who I really look up to, who a lot of people well, don't, I don't think. Well, are you going to, is it start with an M? Yeah, I love Mark Ford. Uh, I, I feel like he's pretty unknown for the most part. Like the the wisdom, the insight that he has about building a business successfully, safely, and also building wealth is amazing. So yeah, uh, someone just posted one of his books, Ready, Fire, Aim. It's an incredible book. One of my favorite books. If you don't have it, get it. Uh, but he, the dude, like he's such a proficient writer as well, and he's got a bunch of other great books. So. I would check those out. But yeah, he's he's my guy. I like him. He also writes yeah. on a he has a blog that he writes on quite a bit. He's he's good. I would also add to the list Ken McCarthy. Mm. Uh recently I would add to maybe now this is maybe a little bit of a less lesser like wealth, but just the way he thinks about money and income and abundance, Perry Marshall. Yes. But if we're talking real wealth, it's like those guys are wealthy but i'm i'm talking in terms of like man you got so much money that you're like trying to get rid of it guys like charlie Obama. munger no charlie munger man like i've studied a lot of charlie munger especially recently who is warren buffett's business partner and they have a unique way of thinking about money and it's attached to value and i really like that i think that they're really really smart and charlie munger man he's just he doesn't, he's a man of few words, but when he speaks, you like fall down at how much weight is in his words. That'd be a little addition. 
Boom. Next, uh, next question from Jen. Uh, what's the best way to validate an offer? Talking to people online has been a lot more difficult than I thought. I think that this is probably not as much about wealth, but the best way to validate an offer is to go sell it. That's as much time as we spend on that one. We have other trainings that are really good, like evolution of service and things like that on offers, but you got to go sell it. That's the way to validate it is to go sell it. Boom. Most jumping. people overthink this though. Like they think there's like a magical potion, you know, some crazy thing, but really that's what it comes down to. That's exactly what we did. That's what our clients do is they construct like what the big uh, need that their prospects, the market has. And then they just go talk to the market about it. I mean, that's exactly what we did. Remember when we sent out our first emails to get people on the phone? Mm-hmm. Dude, we had no idea what was going on. No idea. Like we didn't have some constructed offer or something crazy. We just got on the phone, listened to people, their problems, said, yeah, we can help you with that. And here's how we do it. Next. Next. They said, I've heard and read that you're talking about debt slash investment, and I've got a few thousand dollars invested, giving me a return of four to five percent. I'm thinking about pulling it out and putting it into one of your trainings. What would you suggest? Don't do it. Horrible idea. He's being facetious. I think that if you're at a place where you don't have an asset, like if you have a few thousand dollars, I wouldn't put that into like the stock market or even real estate. Like you have to build up yourself, invest in yourself first, and then you're going to see a compound effect. That's what, that's what happened with us. That's what happens with our clients as well. Does that make sense? So Taylor, do you agree with my thoughts? 100% what Chris said. Here's my, here's my view on it. There's nothing that's going to outperform yourself in terms of an asset class. You've got all these different classes of assets. You've got real estate, you've got stocks, fractional ownership of different pieces of companies, equity, vested equity. You've got all these different things, but the asset class that is going to outperform everything over the long haul is you. And so anything that's going to produce a return that comes from your ability to think, always the best investment. Always. Now, when you have enough income coming in that you have extra and you're still investing in your own your own thinking as an asset and you have extra, that's when you really want to start putting things in. Uh, maybe you'll never put things in traditional investment vehicles like stocks, but that's when you can start putting things in real estate, other things that maybe a 10% return is good. But our clients, like we had a conversation about this Monday. I think Ashton, you were there mm-hmm. on this. And uh, this dude had like a 24X ROI in the last three months. And it's like, man, you don't find that on Wall Street or real estate or anywhere. It doesn't matter if you are building in the hottest market in the world. It cannot compete with this asset class up here, which is your mm-hmm. brain. So I think it kind of goes along with, though, with Kevin's question. He says, what's your number one most powerful wealth secret, each of you? I think it's yourself, like developing yourself, developing your mindset, getting experience, um, you know, investing in yourself. Uh, because... I think ultimately the greatest investment one is yourself and the ability to start businesses and develop income streams from starting businesses. This is one of the things that Mark Ford actually talks about in his book. I think it's called the pledge where this dude is invested in art. He's invested in real estate. He's invested in in many, many things. And he talks about in, in that book, his greatest return is the ability to has been the ability to start and grow businesses. 
that's been his greatest return. And you can't do that successfully unless you're working on yourself. You're investing in yourself. Taylor and I invest an incredible amount of money into ourselves with mentors. Obviously, you guys know that Jay Abraham is one of our mentors. We're connected with the guys from Digital Marketer. They're very, very smart dudes. You know, we just surround ourselves with guys and gals who are really smart. So, you know what that's called right there, bro? It's called fire. Fire. Kids are calling that fire. Man, Chris, you are woke, bro. I'm so woke. I stay woke. So woke, dude. (laughs) What else? Uh, another question from Okasana is, how do you protect yourself from energy exchange and not being damaged by other people's emotions? Chris, that's all you, bro. <laughs> Why is that all me? Because you're less, you're less damageable than I am. Well, first off, like if you're being damaged by other people, you probably shouldn't be around them. Like first off, so I would just probably get rid of them. So, Oksana, what would you say to that? Do you have to spend time around these people or are you just like, you like hanging out with damaging people or what's, what's the deal there? Or are you talking about prospects? Yeah, one of our said, what if those people are prospects or a client who is struggling? Okay. So, we, I, just, I just dealt with this in Peyton yesterday if you want me to tackle real fast. Do it. So, Peyton, I had to really, really push this guy. It was really intense. And I'm exhausted. I just need to go for a walk. So, give me 20 minutes. It's like, well... That is a little bit of immaturity. Um, when you are so vested in someone's outcome that them not doing what's right for them hurts you, you're too close to it. I was like, man, if, if someone wants to jump off a bridge, you do not want that rope tied to you that we're, they're going to pull you down in with them. And that's, that's called wanting something for someone else more than they want it for themselves. And so the way you protect yourself is you need to have a little bit of a distance when it comes to the outcome. That's probably what's happening. And if I had to guess is there's not enough distance. You're really honed into like what, what, what the outcome is and what you want for this person. And when they're not wanting that it's damaging and it's hurting you and it's bringing you down in the moldy grubs. That would be my thoughts. Yeah. I think sometimes those people too, like, you know, they are attracted to people who will protect those emotions in regards to coddle those emotions versus calling them out and telling them to get their crap together. So I think yeah. you have to really be able to assess like what the internal motivations are. You know, is that something where they find a comfort level, you know, where they just whine and cry and complain or, uh, you know, they just like they're familiar with those emotions that are negative and that's where they're safe. You have to be able to identify it, call it out, and tell them to grow up. 100%. Nice. Hugo asks, what's the first thing you guys invested in once you crossed past a typical entry-level income per month? Ask another way, what do you upgrade first when scaling your business? I think this depends on you, but for me, it was the first thing that I upgraded from a personal standpoint is I upgraded my cars. But when it comes to our business, the first thing we upgraded was definitely the client experience. So I think it depends on kind of where you're, what you're asking here. When we started scaling, we, we invested a lot of money and a lot of time into the client experience. That was the biggest thing. We still invest a lot of money, but we spent a lot of time. Why are you laughing right now? Is that a sufficient right. answer or is that not a good enough answer? I think it was good. Chris, what would your answer be? Mr. Uh, $800,000 kitchen. 
Well, that wasn't the first thing. I think I upgraded. I personally upgraded my travel. I bought nice luggage. I flew first class personally. But yeah, we, we reinvested a lot of money into our business. Like for months and months, guys, I was just talking to one of our copywriters about this for a promo that he's writing. Taylor and I paid ourselves five grand a month. And we were making six figures. Like the business was bringing in six figures. So we were stacking that cash to have just a war chest to be able to reinvest into the business to just keep growing, bringing the right people, the right team. So, and we just raised, we just actually raised what we're paying ourselves. I think that we got to a long time. Like we got to a place where we were really comfortable, literally just got to a place where it's like, you know what? The business is so healthy and our team is so healthy. We're actually going to take a normal percentage from some of the business. Other problem that people have is they, some business owners pay themselves too much. Some businesses don't pay themselves enough. Mm. That's really demotivating. If you're, if you're just hustling and grinding and it's like, man, take your wife out on the nice note. We're going to Taco Bell. We got to, we got to prepare. You're, you're, you're stuck in a fear loop and it's demotivating to you because you're not actually taking care of yourself. All right. Going to the renowned Omar is the mindset and psychological aspect of business as relevant as the tactical aspect uh, or even more relevant, not as relevant. Uh, in other words, would your, uh, would the mindset take care of itself once you have the systems? Or the yeah, mindset yeah. is yeah. prerequisite. Dude, Chris, do you think that the do you think the mindset aspect is as important as the tactical aspect? Mindset is way more, a billion times. Expound. Well, uh, the thing about it is, mindset gives you the ability to adapt. Right, people are so fixated on tactics, and you can have a great tactic, but what if the market tanks? What if the mar- market shifts? You know, what if people are screaming at you at your ads that you suck, right? If you don't have like this stuff up here worked out, you won't be able to adjust to all that stuff that you're going to face. You won't be able to, you won't be able to adjust when someone on your ads are like telling you that you're fat, right? Or actually it happens or actually happen. Like just the hate that you're going to get, um, the, the problems, like people don't realize the issues that even our own team, dude, they don't realize the issues that we deal with as business owners nonstop ongoing. And so as a business owner, you're, you're constantly faced with problems and having to overcome those issues and problems that you're faced with. And so without your mindset being right, being dialed in on point, you will not survive. Yeah. I, everyone write this down. This is like a really good question, especially in, in context of what we do for clients. Mindset outranks everything. Take the person who can't, they can't sell and they don't have good systems and they're struggling with market marketing and they have a, they they think the way that you're supposed to think. And that person turns into Jeff Bezos. That person turns into Mark uh, Henry Ford. Those are those people. People put Henry Ford on a stand and we're asking him a bunch of questions. He went to court and he said, I don't know the answer to any of this and I don't need to. Why would you need to know this if you can have people around you that know the answers? You can literally replace almost everything in your business, but you cannot replace someone coming in and have the right mindset for you. So okay. we hit this super, super, super hard. It's a great question. You ready for the next one? You know, let me just to- add one more thing. This is something that we also train our, our leaders on too. And Ashton can, you know, he, attest to this like 
we are always for the level we are, you know, a million a month and then beyond. We now have to develop other people who have the right mindsets and who can think through the proper mental frameworks because now like we have multiple tiers deep, right? Like I have to entrust a lot to Ashton. Taylor has to entrust a lot to the guys that he's working with and Tommy on our team. And so now it's a process where we have to train them to think properly and in our place, in our stead, right? So uh, you're not going to be able to do that and grow unless you first know how to think the proper way. Oh, hey, hell yeah. Hey, Hey, Omar says, thank you for your detailed answer. Greetings all the way from Guatemala. All right, here's a big question. We'll hit this one in stride. Emerald says, what's working now in marketing to bring the highest qualified leads in for uh, strategy session conversations with the least amount of complication and the greatest degree of affordability? Here's the thing about this is it's changing all the time. And uh, we could run a webinar, get great strategy sessions. We could run a sales page, get great strategy sessions. We could send emails, get great strategy sessions. There's not really anything that's not working in terms of a tactical thing a good webinar will work better than a bad VSL. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's just like, it doesn't really, it, it's more the caliber of what, what's going on right now though, Chris, you're, you're running a lot of traffic to you memos, these front end trainings we're doing. Um, and yeah, I don't know how deep we want to go into that, but they're driving really great people who we can really, really help. And we don't have a lot of webinar traffic going right now. But we could if we wanted to. Yeah, I think um, principally one of the things that we made a mistake on in our business that you guys can get a lot of value out of this is not being in the practice of innovation. So putting new messages, new concepts, new ideas to the market. Taylor's been on a tear with content production the last 60 days. Uh, We're reaping even more than that, I'd say, but we're reaping the benefits of that. So that's one thing too. It's just really being more aggressive in our marketing because you guys like have to understand people are so distracted and it's not, they're not, not getting back to you because they hate you most likely. So just, they're distracted. They have other people chirping at them. They're, they're looking at other ads, they're looking at other things. So follow up has been massive for us. So I think those are a couple of things that you guys can take some benefit from some value from. Uh, second question from Emerald is, what's the best way to get over the mindset of being pushy in a sales conversation? How do we qualify people even more thoroughly? I don't think it's about qualifying people more thoroughly. I think this is the mindset issue. You're probably a really, probably an empath, like you're an empathetic person, would be my guess. Correct me if I'm wrong. People who are extremely empathetic, you know, they're flow people. Like they see other people and they care deeply about other people. Sometimes this type of personality can speak, can stress out because you don't want to put another person into an un- uncomfortable situation, right? The truth of the matter is though, if I see you Emeralds, and I see you struggling and I'm relating with you and I'm seeing you and I'm like right on your level and I'm like, I am in your corner and I know that your house is on fire and you don't see it and you're stuck and I'm like, I don't want to be pushy. So I'm going to let you sit in the burning house. Is that really the best thing for you. So you've got a little switcheroo to do here in terms of if you really have a program, this transformational life-changing valuable, it's what people need. You kind of have a more obligation to say, okay, cool. This is my personality, but for the sake of the people, 
I'm going to maybe do something uncomfortable so that they can get unstuck and free. Right? Yes. I think one thing to add to that too is, is just having, knowing that you have their best interests at heart gives you the authority to make the right decision when you're talking to them. Right. So if you know that you want the best outcome for them, sometimes that means that you don't make them an offer right now. Sometimes that means that you hold their feet to the fire and make the offer because you know, that's exactly what they need. It's going to move them forward in their life and business. Love it. Hopefully that helps. Third question from Emerald. She's, she's getting everything she can out of this training. I love it. Uh, Number three, who was your mentor or coach? four years ago when you started out and who was your mentor and coach today? We didn't have this business four years ago. Yeah. This is about three, uh, three years, three, three years and three months. Yeah. So we started, we had already hit six figures and then we hired Sam ovens to help us scale. And we worked with him about a year. He like kind of phased out and went to just info publishing for a while. I don't know what he's doing now. Now our mentor, like I said earlier is Jay Abraham. And then the guys from war room. Digital marketer. Well said. Uh, Facebook said that they're going to eliminate the newsfeed. How will this affect the way you're teaching people to market? I'll just adapt. We'll find out. Adaptation at its finest. All right. Next. What mindset did it take for you to go from just getting by to creating actual wealth, exceeding your previous income? Habits. Let's focus on habits. Okay. What habits did it take to go from just getting by to creating serious wealth? For me, I think fundamental things in regards to eating healthy, working out, coming up with a vision for my life, coming up with goals, and consistently daily focusing on that. Like just basic, basic things. Just working on myself day in and day out, honestly. I would say the easiest one ever is wake up early. Just get up earlier. Seriously, like this goes into deservedness. This goes into a lot of things, but like when you wake up earlier, I can hear people rolling their eyes like, okay, cool. Ben, Benjamin Franklin said that. You didn't even come up with that, Taylor. Okay, well, like it's true though. If you wake up he earlier, you, he was pretty smart. And, and, and it actually locks in a feeling that I deserve to have what other people don't have because I'm doing what other people aren't willing to do. I'm getting up at five. They're getting up at seven. You can just do that and it would set you up for a positive change in your future. Dude, the next two questions are pretty good. You ready? Yeah. What's your take on an income below five to 10K? My take on it? You're basically poor. That's I my think take it's on very it. little. I think that you're you playing small. You can't do anything for other people really at that level. Sorry. Yeah. Here's the next one. Are the clients that you work with looking for business as a means to make money or ultimately achieve a lifestyle? What's the percentages? Go ahead. Chris, just you take a break, bar and see you need some water or something. Get your energy back. Go ahead, man. Hey, if you look at the entrepreneurs who are building lifestyle businesses, all of them get kicked out every three years. They just, woof, it's a hamster wheel, man. They just, they, they build, they have the perfect lifestyle, they start over. The energy that you get needs to come from service and people and making the world better. And to be honest, like when clients come and they're like, man, I want to, I want to build this business so that I can just like not have to do anything. And like, it's, it's cool, but I'm like, they're going to hit challenges like they're going to hit challenges to sustain that. So most of our, our best clients, they're actually missional. I think of Misty. I think of uh, Bob Gardner. I think of Belden. 
these people who are like me and they're making money. Yeah. And they, of course you want to make money because money's awesome, but money's just fuel. It's like a tool. That's it. Yep. Their big goal is like they're saving people's marriages. Missy's saving people's marriages. Bob is saving pe- men, helping men be leaders. Belden is saving people from disease. I mean, come on. Like get something bigger than your stupid bank account. And your bank account will grow if you care about other people.